Here we go. Jake and Josh are here to analyze the game they love for the team they love. This is another Dolphins Podcast. Here's your host, Jake Mendel and Josh Houts. What's up, Dolphin fans? Welcome into a special Super Saturday edition of another Dolphins Podcast. I'm your host, Josh Houts. Joining me today, we're actually having working overtime this week, is Merrick Brave. Follow him on Twitter at mbrave13. Big game this weekend, Merrick. How you doing, man? I'm doing cold. I, I live just north of Kansas City, so everything you're hearing about the weather reports for for Saturday's wild card game between the Dolphins and the Chiefs, I'm experiencing the same. So Tuesday we had a foot of snow. Today is Friday when we're recording this. We had another foot of snow. It's still snowing. It's blizzard conditions out there. Uh, starting on Sunday, we got negative temperatures as the high for like the next four or five days in a row. So it's definitely a winter wonderland out there. Uh, if you're into that kind of stuff, I'm not. I hate winter. I hate ice. I hate snow. So I'm not too happy about all this. Hopefully, uh, our Miami Dolphins feel a little bit differently about the ice and the snow, and they can continue to perform well despite the elements and the in the conditions. But I mean, this game is no pun intended, but it, it's a wild card now. Anything could happen in this one with with these kind of conditions. You, it's hard to predict exactly what's going to happen for either team uh even the Kansas City Chiefs who are used to playing in the cold and the snow and stuff like that this is a different level of cold you know they're saying this could with windchill could could go down as one of the coldest if not the coldest games in NFL history not just Dolphins history this game's definitely setting the record for the coldest game in Dolphins history but this quite possibly could reach you know top three coldest games in the hundred plus year history of the National Football League so it's going to be wild it's going to be crazy yeah it's going to be nuts I think every you know hour it's changing right I think it's supposed to be negative three with the windshield up to I think you said negative 30 it's going to be an insane game and it's almost going to be like we're hopping in a DeLorean right going back in time to our the football that we remember as a kid right the pounding the ball you know the defense you're right man this kind of evens the playing field out because regardless of if you grew up in that cold I mean this is a whole different monster so um I think the game plan is pretty simple, right? Run the ball, don't turn the ball over, but um, it's going to be awesome to see the Miami Dolphins in a playoff game for, you know, did you see the stack going around? They haven't, they've only won one away playoff game since 1972. I think that was Josh Moser that dropped that. And I was just like, dude, that is wild. That is insane. That that was uh, Dan Marino's last playoff victory, right? In Seattle. Back when Seattle was in the AFC, that's how long ago that was. Back in our day. We were like, oh, wait. Dolphins Seahawks that must have been the Super Bowl no no that was a wild card game when the Seahawks were in the American Football Conference folks that's how long it's been um what are your thoughts about these guys saying they're not going to wear sleeves I think Tyree Kill said it's like a dog mentality or something forget that man it is going to be cold no one's sitting there thinking less of you if you're uh wearing sleeves in negative 30 degree uh up wind chill I mean even two is talking about not wearing a glove I mean dude <laughs> this is a different I mean- monster the the saying is pride goeth before the fall, correct? Like everyone thinks they're tough until they step out onto the field in negative 30 degree temperatures. And then you go, oh, wait, this feels a lot, a lot worse than I thought it was going to. I wish I would have taken some precautions. But I mean, like, look at Tom Brady, right? Set what seven Super Bowl championships. He used to wear scuba gear when when he was playing quarterback in the cold for the New England Patriots. He would he would I I believe he popularized that. He was like the first dude 
to wear a, a scuba diving suit while playing football just so he could stay warm. So hopefully uh, some of these guys rethink their decisions, you know, like there's some dudes like, like Zach Sealer, who's from Michigan and like a big rough and tumble dude that like, if he wants to go sleeveless, all right, I trust you to do that. You know, I say this, you know, knowing that he has actually gotten a few turnovers uh, recently and then even had the turnover last year in the wild card game against the Buffalo Bills. But he he's a guy that doesn't usually have to handle the football. So if Zach Sealer wants to go sleeveless, I don't think it has much effect on, on uh, you know, him being able to catch the football or hold on to the football or anything like that. But these skill position guys, if I was Tyreek, I would probably rethink this whole sleeveless deal. You know, if I'm if I'm Raheem Mostert and we're crossing fingers and toes that he plays, if I'm Devon A. Chan, I, I'm going to be wearing some sleeves because, and I want some some rubber sleeves. I want that scuba suit. I want something that's going to help me hold on to this football that's going to feel like, you know, you're holding a bowling ball out there. It's going to be hard. It's going to be slick. It's just, it's going to be, it's going to be wild. So me personally, if I was playing in that game, I'd be wearing like three scuba suits. I'd, I'd be layering up. I'd have goggles over my eyes so I, my my eyeballs wouldn't even get cold. I'm not dealing with that. Yeah, I think they're telling everyone to cover all extremities for this game if you're going to this one. I think tickets are like $45 you might be able to get in. But before we get too far into this episode, first, guys, if you're listening to this podcast, please subscribe to it. Please leave us a nice rating. Um, if you like what we're doing, reach out to us on Twitter at Houts. Jake Mendel, who's normally on the pod, J-M-E-N-D-E-L-94. Follow him on Twitter. And Brian Cat as well, or at Cat NFL. Follow him for sure. Um, they just dropped a nice pod yesterday. I was unable to be part of that because my kids were literally fighting. I mean, you know all about him, Eric, right? Royal Rumble type stuff. Oh, yeah. My, my youngest and the two-year-old and she just latched out and bit her so i could not do the podcast <laughs> yesterday because of that they're already trying to spiral out of control here but we had to come on here and at least talk about what's going on with our miami dolphins ahead of again one of the biggest uh, it, it's a huge game i mean for as well as this team did throughout the year for as great as they looked on paper despite all the bad things that have happened to them it, it just takes one win right it just takes one win and we're gonna forget about all the negative stuff too and, far and that's a that's a big that's a big deal like people are like oh this season's a failure are you still going to feel that way if the dolphins go to kansas city and upset the defending super bowl champions in their house like are you going to feel that way no it won't be a failure anymore you'll be okay we didn't win the division and and, and that sucks but hey we beat the chiefs in the playoffs Got our first playoff victory since December 30th of the year 2000. You can't say that the season's a failure. So, yeah, this is a big one. Let's go out there and let's do it so we can get our first playoff victory since you and I were, were children in school. We are adults now who have gone our entire adult lives not witnessing a playoff victory for our favorite football team. And that's that's a sad existence. Yeah, that's, that's heartbreaking. That's painful. So, I mean, for as little chances some people might think the Dolphins have in this one. Enjoy every second of it. Because like Merrick said, these do not come around that often if you're a Miami Dolphins fan. Although now, I guess, two back-to-back, -back, we're starting to become a little bit spoiled. Um, yesterday, the Miami Dolphins announced their team award winners for the 2023 season. I just want to run off a list of these guys, and you can tell me um, you know, if someone got snubbed or if you would have changed someone else out. Obviously, most valuable player, Tyreek Hill. I mean, who else would he have given it to? Maybe Tua Tungvaloa. Uh, leadership, Alec Ingold. 
Austin Jackson, right? Athletic training staff. I mean, we all can see the transformation that's gone on there. I still can't believe Omar Kelly. Remember when he came on and we talked to him and he told us at the time that Austin Jackson was the most improved player. And I think we all didn't believe him at all. And then at the way the season has gone, <laughs> um, Bradley Chubb for his community service. So a lot of big names, a lot of leaders on this team getting those awards. Um, anybody really stick out to you as a snub or somebody you went and, uh, you know, given a hat tip to perhaps? I, I think that all sounds pretty good to me. Um, I think, do you think Tyreek's like bummed? He got 1,799 yards. Do you think he was just like, man, I'm one yard away from seeing 1,800. And that looks like such a bigger number than anything in the 1,700s, 1,799. Like, you know, he thought about that. He's like, oh, I just needed one more. I should have fought for that extra yard or didn't drop 27 footballs in the last five games. But uh, he's working uh, out the jugs. How machines. many? one of the reporters hey says man he better and you know we're giving him crap but like the dude's house caught on fire he had to leave work practice and go check on his family and make sure that his wife and his mom and his kids weren't injured or worse like that's that's rough so he's had a lot on his plate i believe they said he hasn't even been living in the house since the fire um you know you read various reports that the house is kind of like unsalvageable um based on how far the fire spread that i mean that that's a tough deal so um yeah tyree kill as team mvp i think i'd go with that i think you and i had had been talking kind of all year long whether tyree kill should have been the mvp of the league and whether you would have given that to him over to a tongue of Iloa. and obviously the offense slowed down at the end and tyreek was battling injuries so he's out of that conversation now and i think lamar jackson has league mvp kind of locked up but I, I guess, like you said, the only other guy that you you could give team MVP to would be Tua, maybe Raheem Mostert with him getting all those touchdowns. Um, but uh, overall, best offensive player, um, best player for the Miami Dolphins, Tyree Kill. So I'm not going to argue that. Uh, I want to know if there's already people on Twitter dogging this uh, leadership award not going to Tua like are they trying to make this a conversation like well Tua's not the guy man he 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 if he really was the the quarterback of the future and the guy who's going to lead this franchise to to the promised land then he should have won this leadership award man like like that says something about Tua he's not a leader are there people out there you're you're a little more plugged into to Dolphins Twitter than I am House. are there people out there spouting that nonsense already I, I'm not sure. I try to stay off of Twitter now. It's become so unbearable. I mean, you're mentioning, I thought you were actually doing an impression of me there. I thought that might've been me, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, it's just wild. Right. I mean, I think a lot of it has to do with, you know, you see some of these other quarterbacks and, you know, they can elevate, I guess, take the game over and we've yet to see to truly do that, but maybe we'll see it this week in the cold. Right. I, I don't know, whatever it is, I would pay to a time below led the league in passing this year. Right. 4,624 yards. When was the last time we saw that? What the last time we saw that was Marino, right? They say Marino in 92 was the last Dolphins quarterback to lead, lead the league in passing yards. And I had, a, you know, a couple Dolphins friends texting me the morning after the uh, the Sunday night football loss to the Bills. And they're like, hey, should, should the Dolphins pay Tua? And I was like, guys, what is this like – what is this like immediate like Monday morning quarterback like re reactionary stuff like look at his body of work over the past two seasons look at what he did this year the man led the league in passing yards and you're trying to dump him for who 
who are you going to get to replace him? Like, you're, Are you signing Kirk Cousins? Is that who you want? Are you trying to trade for Justin Fields? You know, you're trading the farm for Justin Fields so that he can get injured every other game because he, he runs the football too much. Like, what are we doing here? We're not in a position to draft one of these top couple quarterbacks that are out there. So you're not even going to get your hands on a, a Caleb Williams or a Drake May. Like, like Tua is your guy. He's going to continue to be your guy. He's going to continue to grow and get better. So yes, you're going to have to pay him. It's like it and it you listener out there who's a Tua naysayer because I'm sure we have some of those uh you know who listen to this podcast. It doesn't matter what you think. Like you can think whatever you want to think and you may hate Tua Tungabailoa and you would say if it's my money, I'm not paying him. Well, guess what, buddy? It ain't your money cuz you're not a billionaire and you don't own an NFL franchise. The Miami Dolphins will be paying Tua Tungavailoa. He will be signing an extension, most likely this offseason. And the figures are going to shock and appall you if you don't like Tua Tungavailoa, because this man is going to get between 45 and $50 million a season. And, you know, Chris Greer is just going to have to figure it out from there. You're going to have to figure out how you can get creative with the contracts to bring everybody else back. And you're going to have to start hitting on some of these early draft picks that aren't like such layups, you know, like like Jalen Waddle, that's a layup. And Jalen Phillips, that's, that's pretty much a layup. Everybody said he was the the best pass rusher in that draft. We're going to have to start hitting on some, some second round picks and some th- third round picks because that's what you got to do when you got an expensive quarterback. So, And we're about to have one. Like I said, whether you like it or not, two is getting that extension. I know Josh and I are on the same page on this one. We're happy that we have our franchise quarterback. We're about to have him locked up for many years to come. And those of you who don't think we should pay him, you must not have been around for the Cleo Lemon days and the the Tyler Thigpen days and then the Jay Cutler year. And it, it just, he's here. He's our quarterback. Learn to love it, baby, because but because Tua is a good player and he's going to continue to get better. And I, I fully believe that. Preach, man. I mean, and it kind of seems like a, it, it reminds me of the fifth year option. I think it was that a lot of people on Twitter were saying they shouldn't even pick that up. And I'm like, are you insane? Like just based off of uh, the the market, right? You wanted that fifth year, but you're right, man. He's going to get an absolute bag dropped. And um, whether you like it or not, to a time of that left hand is the Samoan Southpaw is going to be your quarterback for many years. <laughs> Yeah, I, I like how a lot of people wanted to replace him with Michael Penix Jr. from Washington, and then he went out and had a dud against Michigan in the national championship game, and all these people are just quiet now. They're like, uh... And I mean, I do I do get it, right? You do want to see, I guess, a little more out of him in these big games, but when you look around, and like you said, man, all the history that we've had at quarterback since Marino, um, if you can't see that Tuatamalo is different, that he's continuing to get better, you know, he put to bed the whole injury thing, right? I mean, that was the big question marks around him. Can he stay healthy? Some people wanted him to retire, for being honest, right? To look out for himself and to think about his family, and he comes back this year and leads the league in passing. So, um, yeah, get used that to Tuatamalo. That was the this past year, Tua Tungabailoa had the greatest single season passing yardage mark for any Miami Dolphins quarterback not named Dan Marino. But we should replace him. Get out of here. Get out of here. And I think half of it's just some people want to, you know, say they were right, right? They didn't like Tua pre-draft or whatever, said he was too small, wasn't able to, didn't have the big arm, wasn't able to do this and that. Some of them just want to be able to sit there and say, I told you so. And I don't get it because, um, like you said, man, it is very, very hard to find a quarterback in this league. I'm just happy now that the Dolphins do have one. 
Merrick, the whole reason we came on here, like I said, I was unable to do the podcast yesterday. I want to at least give talk us through this game, right? Super wild card game. We know earlier in the year, week nine, 21 to 14 game did not start out, you know, how we expected at all. But the Dolphins continued to battle back. And at one point, it looked like we were going to complete the comeback, right? I think it was at Connor Williams. Um I guess everyone's blaming on to it, right? But that snap, you saw Cedric Wilson streaking wide open. They were literally a play away from tying this game. So who knows what would have happened? So give me your thoughts. I know you already threw out a prediction on our podcast earlier in the week, but talk us through this game. What are some of the key matchups that you'll be watching? And at the end of this, we'll give our prediction. I, I do think the Dolphins have a better chance than some people think. Yeah, I, I agree with you there. And I think it comes down to the weather. The weather is going to equalize things for these teams. But in addition to that, Let's take a look at, at what happened since the Dolphins and Chiefs matchup in Germany, right? Everyone's talking about how the Dolphins collapsed down the stretch. Well, the Dolphins were five and three after that game against the Chiefs, and the Chiefs were four and four after the game against the Dolphins. So the Dolphins actually had a better record to close the season than the Kansas City Chiefs did. The Kansas City Chiefs lost at home to the Las Vegas Raiders. That was, what, what was that, Christmas Day that that happened? That, come on now. All right, come, if if the Raiders can do it, then who's saying the Dolphins can't do it, right? And I don't even believe the Raiders had Josh Jacobs for that game. So you can't be like, oh, well, you know, they probably just ran the ball and Josh Jacobs, good running back. No, that was like Zamir White, I believe. I believe Zamir White was slicing and dicing through that. So if we can get Raheem Mostert back and pair him with Devon Achan and then throw in Jeff Wilson as a, a three-headed monster and run the ball efficiently, effectively, and consistently, I really do think that's the key. And then you sprinkle in some screen passes to Tyreek Hill, who's going to be juiced up because he's returning to Arrowhead for the first time since he, he was traded away from Kansas City. They didn't want to give him the big bucks. He has a little chip on his shoulder. And he jokes about things like this, but he always he always throws in little jabs at his ex teammates, right? And he says uh, he hasn't talked to Mahomes since the Chiefs beat the Dolphins in Germany, and that he's texted Travis Kelsey, but Kelsey hasn't texted back because he's too busy doing the Taylor Swift thing. He said, like, clearly these things are jokes, and he says them in jest. But as we all know, there's just a little bit of truth to every joke that's told. So he's going to have a little bit of a chip on his shoulder, and, and he's going to want to do some damage as well. So the Dolphins, you know, they could get this screen game going. They could use their speed um, to their advantage. You know, the offense is getting a little bit healthier. While the defense is completely decimated by injury, the offense should be getting a little bit healthier. Now, we're not certain that Jalen Waddle is going to play, but there are reports out there. Ian Rappaport today on uh, NFL Network said that it's likely that both Jalen Waddle and Raheem Mostert are going to play in this game. You have other people saying that, you know, they're watching practice and Jalen Waddle doesn't look like he's 100%. Well, so what? I don't care if he's not 100% because I'll take a, a 85 to 90% Jalen Waddle over a Braxton Berrios or a Cedric Wilson, or a Chase Claypool. Give me Jalen Waddle out there. Jalen Waddle's a dog. He wants to play. You let him play. It's, it's that time of year where you're going to be banged up no matter what. You're, you know, who's to say, all right, we sit Jalen Waddle and we'll roll with Cedric Wilson, and then Cedric Wilson doesn't roll an ankle on the first drive, and now all of a sudden you don't have Jalen Waddle or Cedric Wilson. So if Jalen Waddle wants to play and he's, you know, anywhere north of, of 50%, I'm putting him in this game because 
it's it's winner go home. There is no next week if the Dolphins don't win this game. Shocking, breaking news, I know. So I'm looking at the Dolphins offense getting a little bit healthier. Robert Hunt is back on that offensive line. You know, you got Austin Jackson at the right tackle position, like we talked about, playing the best football of, of his career. Teron Armstead at left tackle, always a stalwart there. Liam Eikenberg playing through injury, but doing a decent job at center. And, the, and then that left guard spot is the weak link. But if you only have one one true weak link out of, out of five starting positions on that offensive line, then you can't really ask for too much more than that. So offense is getting a little bit stronger. Let's commit to running the football and let's play stout run defense, which is something the dolphins have done all year long. And, and our strength against the chiefs weakness, the chiefs aren't one of the better running teams in the national football league if i'm not mistaken but the dolphins defense is one of the better defenses at defending the run so if the chiefs are going to want to focus on the run due to the elements then i think the dolphins have an advantage there as well so dolphins should be able to run the football they should be able to stop the run and that's a recipe for a low scoring affair but a recipe for a dolphins victory if it's going to happen how do you feel about that josh I'm going to be honest, I'm ready to run through a wall listening to this. I mean, I don't know if it's just a pessimist Dolphin fan of me, but again, I don't know that I'll that the Dolphins can win a playoff game until I witness it with my own eyes, right? Because we're just that That's down, fair. That's fair. down and beaten. But I mean, you're the, you got me feeling like we have a chance, a very good chance. You mentioned Tyreek Hill. Last game had 8 of 10 catches, 62 yards. He had that fumble. Trent McDuffie knocked that ball out. You know he's thinking about that, right? He's Got that in the back of his mind. He wants to come out there, redeem himself. They did hold Tua Tungvalu to 193 yards, and Jalen Waddle only had 42 in that game. But if you go back and watch, there were some missed opportunities, whether it was Tua not going through his reads or, you know, just drops. So um, I like the way the offense matches up. I like how you said about running the ball. That's obvious what you got to do in this one, right? Who wants to tackle Jeff Wilson Jr. in those cold elements? But at the same time, you mentioned – uh, the Chiefs and Isaiah Pacheco, and I just continue to uh, picture, I, I told you before, there was a meme of like a lizard squiggling around and it looked just like Isaiah Pacheco running and um, to try to tackle that dude in the cold. I'm, I'm glad it's not me out there, right? But I think <laughs> it's going to be a low scoring contest, I think. And considering the Dolphins have that high octane offense throwing the ball, it's going to neutralize them a little bit. Patrick Mahomes is going to be neutralized a bit. To me, that's what stood out in that first matchup, though, was how well they held Travis Kelsey in check, right? Three catches, 14 yards. They were, you know, blanketing him. They had, whether it was Jalen Phillips, Bradley Chubb, bumping him at the line, dropping back in coverage underneath. They had a great game plan for him. So I'm intrigued to see how they match up with Travis Kelsey because he does have the ability to take a game over. But again, the winner, or the, the weather is going to implement impact this thing so much. Um, Correct me if I'm wrong, Josh. Xavier Howard did not play in the first Chiefs game either. Is that is that correct? And we got Ramsey back though, right? That was Ramsey's yep. first game back. That was Ramsey's no first game back, but no Xavier Howard. So this is a position the Dolphins have been in before earlier this season against this exact same team. So yeah, you're missing more guys up front. You don't have Bradley Chubb. You don't have Jalen Phillips. You don't have Andrew Van Ginkle. You brought in some of these older guys though that, you know, Justin Houston is coming off a double digit sack season just last year okay so yeah he's a little bit up there in age but at the very least he should have some fresh legs he's barely played this year bruce Irvin, i don't think has played at all if i'm mistaken or if he has it's very limited snaps as well so you get guys in there that are just going to be tasked at getting to the quarterback and and you know as much as we love bradley chubb and jalen phillips big fan of both those guys if all you're asking the new guys to do is 
go after the quarterback, get him and bring him down. I trust Bruce Irvin, Emmanuel Ogba, Melvin Ingram, and and Justin Houston to be able to do that, you know, at at near Chubb and Phillips levels, maybe not the exact same, but but we're not asking them to do anything too crazy here. And you still have Christian Wilkins, you still have Zach Sealer, you still have Raekwon Davis. So if it's about stopping the run, I really do trust this front seven to get it done. Um, you know, you look at the secondary and you almost wonder how much is that really going to matter? You know, are they going to be throwing the football all that much in these conditions? Because not only is it cold, but it's windy as well. And if they do throw the football, here's another thing I've kind of been ruminating on for the past few days. What is, you know, that one, one thing that Tua gets knocked for, um, as a quarterback more than anything else? It's, oh, it's his arm strength. He, He can't throw the ball with high velocity he can't throw the ball deep okay well actually you know what that's probably going to help you in a game like this because you're going to throw yourself a very catchable football and you have guys like Tyreek Hill coming to Miami and saying he man Tua throws the most catchable ball that I've ever had to to receive in my life Patrick Mahomes what's he known for that rocket arm baby he can launch that thing Is he going to be able to adjust and throw more touch passes in this game? Or is he still going to try and fire it in there into tight windows and and break his receiver's fingers because the football is going to be hard as a rock? So again, you know, maybe we're 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 make not making excuses, but trying to find a way for the Dolphins to win. And we're creating storylines that may not even be there come game day. But there are some things that are going to work to the Dolphins' advantage, even in negative degree temperatures, which sounds wild. I know it sounds crazy. The team coming from Miami might have an advantage in cold weather, but when you look at their style of play, you know, it, it, it it's possible. It really is. Another thing, Mike McDaniel, run game coordinator, right? That's what he did in San Francisco. Well, Mike McDaniel, we're going to need you to come out, you know, not for the first time as as Dolphins coach, but for one of the few times as as Dolphins coach and really focus on running the football, running the football well, running the football consistency consistently, excuse me, and, and not abandoning the football if you get a two yard run on first down or a three yard run on, on first down. Stay consistent with it, and you're going to be able to hit some of those play action, short throws, roll out to Durham Smythe. I'll call it right now. I think Alec Ingold is going to have a receiving touchdown in this game. How about that? It's going to be a goal line uh, uh, play action rollout. Alec Ingold will be wide open in the flat, and he's going to catch a touchdown pass. I don't know if we'll get too many more of those in that game, but I'll call it right now. Alec Ingold touchdown pass. How does that sound, Joshua? Music to my ears, man. Maybe we even see Durham Smythe do something this one. I think I threw it out there in the last game that he was going to get a touchdown and be that difference maker, kind of like your kids have also said um, from time to time. I did find this interesting. <laughs> I think it was Joe Shaw that tweeted out that, you know, for all the crap the Dolphins have got this year, what are they, one and four against uh, winning teams? Or are they one and five? I can't remember. One and, Whichever, one and five, yeah. One, one and five. And then I guess the Chiefs are one and four against uh, teams with a winning record. So, um I know we all look at them as Super Bowl champs. We see, we remember their offense being unstoppable, but like we've run through it here, man. This game is a very winnable game for the Dolphins, and I don't know how you felt. I don't know if we even talked about this, but maybe, again, it's the beater, uh, batter Dolphins fan in me, but I would have much rather played this game against the Chiefs than expect the Dolphins to beat the Bills 
twice in consecutive weeks, right? I mean, I know it yeah, doesn't I, work that way. I just don't know that the Dolphins can even beat the Bills twice in one season, let alone back-to-back. So, um, yes, home well, home field would have been nice, but I, I like this matchup with the Chiefs, but home field yeah, would have definitely a, been in nice. In a vacuum, all things even, I think I would have preferred a game against the Kansas City Chiefs over another with the Bills just because no matter how much the Bills struggle against other teams, they still have the Dolphins number. You know, the, the Bills lost – to the Jets this year. The Bills lost to the Patriots this year and the Bills swept the Miami Dolphins. That sucks. <laughs> that really sucks, you know? These these absolutely terrible teams can beat the Bills, but every time Josh Allen lines up against the Aqua and Orange, he turns into Superman and he destroys us. And and I'm waiting for that day or, or, or for that moment when the Dolphins can can finally turn that around. You know, we got the one victory last year, but overall, anytime Miami plays the Bills, you can pretty much chalk that up as an automatic loss. And and uh, that was proven two times this season. So yeah, in a vacuum, all things even, I would rather play the Chiefs over the Bills. But when you bring into, you know, you bring the weather and home field advantage and things like that into the picture, I would have liked the Dolphins to have played a home game uh, but, you know, that's how the cookie crumbles. And, and the Bills are going to be dealing with their own weather issues in their playoff game this weekend as well, because it's looking pretty gnarly up there in western New York. That's karma, because I think I saw people jokingly saying how oh, the Dolphins are soft. You know, they're trying to get this game moved indoors or whatever. Fans are soft. And then now the Bills have all this snow and they're right back where they start. I'm sure. I don't know. As of now, it doesn't seem like any of these games are getting moved, correct? And I feel like they would have had to make a decision uh, sooner than later. So it's going to be a cold-ass game. Thankfully, we're going to be at home watching it, and hopefully a lot of our fans are also at home watching it. Um, my, my kids are going to be watching it. But before we wrap this up, Merrick, um, I want to I want to get your prediction, I guess. I mean, I'm sitting here trying to think of an actual score, and I could see this thing being like 13 to 10, right? That might have even been what you predicted on the Yeah, on I think that was, that was uh, my well, prediction. A 13 to 10 Dolphins victory. Um, I, I just feel like if the Dolphins are going to win, it's going to have to be a low scoring game. I think their best avenue to victory is run the ball, stop the run. It's very simple. It's not revolutionary. I'm not reinventing the wheel here, but I think it's got to be that way. So if you're going to do it, you're going to, it's going to have to be a low scoring game. I think each team gets at least one touchdown, but then it's a field goal fest. Uh, after that and I think we'll see a couple missed field goals maybe one by each kicker here because it's going to be hard to kick the football in those conditions and it's going to be windy and you know the ball is going to be hard as a rock it's just, it's just going to be tough it's going to be a tough game all around but it's still a playoff game and the Dolphins are in it and, and we should be happy about that I want to get your prediction but then before we go we we have to touch on the big news of the last 24 hours in the AFC East and that's Bill Belichick retiring yeah, man. Who who saw that? From coming? So the I'll, Patriots. Yeah, from the Patriots. So I will give uh, my prediction. I'm sitting here starting to think I'm going to go 21-20. I think that was my prediction against the Bills last week, perhaps. Um, so I'm going to go 21-20 in this one. I think, you know, we get uh, more scores than I guess we originally thought. Obviously, there's going to be some turnovers that are going to impact this game. For me, though, the thing I'm wondering if the Dolphins do, do you think maybe they give Tyreek Hill some touches out of the backfield? You know, you mentioned they the screen game. To. Yeah, I mean, that's what I'm thinking. You empty the chamber in this one. You utilize all that speed. Get the ball to your playmakers. And, and again, it's going to be so – the, the weather's going to impact it. I'm excited, man. I'm excited for Super Wild Card Weekend. Also excited that Bill Belichick is no longer in New England. So what are your thoughts on that? Because Bill Belichick uh, stepped down, and I uh, Nick Saban did as well, right? So, I mean, yeah. uh, crazy what a, stuff and, going and on. Pete in Carroll. It, it was Pete a, Carroll a crazy too, couple yeah. days. 
Yeah, uh, you know, Bill Belichick, he tormented us as Dolphins fans for, for 24 seasons, six Super Bowl victories with the New England Patriots. Um, when Tom Brady left the Patriots and went to the Bucks. My hatred of Tom Brady kind of dissipated and it went away and I, I wasn't as mad and it was hard to explain that. I was just able to appreciate his greatness. I can't say I feel the same for Bill Belichick. If I'm being entirely honest, you know, with all the scandals and the deflate gate and the spy gate and all that stuff. And he's, you know, the head of the organization. He's he's spearheading that. Uh, I just I don't respect Bill Belichick as much as I respected Tom Brady and Tom Brady for as much as we wanted to hate him as Dolphins fans, he was somewhat of a likable personality. Like he was a funny guy. Bill Belichick's just a, I don't, he's just a dick. He's just, he's just a jerk. That's, that's kind of what he is. So I'm not sad to see him go. I hope that whatever team he coaches next uh, doesn't win a lot of football games. Cause I would love it. If Don Shula could hold on to that all time wins record. Uh, Cause Don Shula was the man. I was stuck on mute. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I don't think I really care either way. It's kind of wished he might have stayed, right? He started to get to that stage where he's like this uh, old man that you just kind of feel sad for, right? And they just can't – they weren't winning games. Their quarterback situation was absolutely um, a disaster. So I'm not sad that he's gone. Not really sad that Nick Saban's gone as well. Um, Tom Brady, though, once he did leave, I did see some of his character come out, and you started to like that guy. Much different than the guy that we hated while he was in New England, but um, – Changes are being made in New England. Jared Mayo took over at head coach, which um, that's a great hire for them. I'm glad they didn't go look elsewhere. I know some people thought they might bring Vrabel in. Never talks to Josh McDaniels. I don't know why he would ever get another head coaching job, but um, we'll see. Jared Mayo is going to bring an entirely different intensity and, you know, demeanor to that New England Patriots team. And um, hopefully, you know, for at least another decade or so, maybe they can, you know, be the cellar dwellers of the AFC East. Right. So um, that would be lovely. Yeah, that would be amazing. But Mary, this was awesome, man. Just to be able to come on here and just to be able to talk through how we're feeling, right? It's good. We're going to drop this Saturday morning. We recorded this Friday. Um, still some news could come out. Maybe they would put a dome over the stadium or something. Uh, none of that's going to happen. <laughs> but um, enjoy. Enjoy this game because, again, we can say it till we're blue in the face. Um, we don't get many of these. No, we do not. We we certainly do not. Hopefully that that changes, though, and we can find ourselves uh, like the Dolphins teams of the 90s and the early 2000s, I guess just a couple of years into the early 2000s where they were making the playoffs every single year. Didn't do anything when they got there, um, but but we'll see how it goes. But for now, we don't get a lot of these. Let's let's cherish these moments, eat some good food, spend some time with with friends and loved ones and and do whatever else you need to do start a, a real life prayer circle for a dolphins victory uh this saturday night because that would be that like i said it would turn the whole season around we'd go from a disappointing season to an amazing season regardless what happened the following week in baltimore yeah and then we're gonna be sitting here talking about how the dolphins stand a chance right probably going to baltimore i mean we'll be we'll be right back in this thing and uh you know no one's gonna stop the dolphins we're super bowl bound um and all it's gonna take is that one win <laughs> But guys, thank you so much for listening to this episode of another Dolphins podcast. Like I said earlier in the episode, if you're not following Merrick already, please go follow him on Twitter at mbrave13. I'm at Houts for another Dolphins podcast. We will be back next week. But until then, fins up. Fins up, baby. Everybody stay warm. <laughs> <laughs>